Hey everyone, and welcome to Conversations at Olive, a podcast featuring everyday conversations around the life of Olive Baptist Church and its surrounding communities. Today, I am joined by Julie Doan, who leads the fostering and adoption ministry here at Olive. And I am also joined by Mitch and Deanna Lambeth, uh, who are currently right now serving as our partners to Water of Life Church in Wyoming. Uh, but they have been here at Olive. Uh, they both foster and adopt. And Julie, I'm going to let you go ahead and kick it off uh, talking about just fostering and adoption and just the very important ministry of doing that here at Olive. Awesome. Thanks, Travis. Um, so, so Lambeths, can you guys just kind of introduce yourselves to our listeners and uh, tell a little bit about what led y'all to adoption and foster care? Um, I'm Deanna Lambeth. We um, was, let's see, seven years ago, um, Mitch asked, I think, what I wanted for Christmas, and I was like, I want us to pray. My heart's always been um, foster and adoption. Just, I don't know what, something's always drawn me. That's how I wanted to have babes growing up. And so um, that was kind of when I, when he asked, I was like, I want you to pray about, you know, having babes through adoption. And so um, it kind of hit him, I guess, and he started looking into it, and I'm like, why aren't you saying anything? And he said, well, something's grabbing my heart. And so that's when we started the whole process, seven years ago, mm-hmm. for sure, yeah. yeah. And um, so that's kind of what started it. I um, definitely didn't realize what all it would encompass, I guess, um, at then, but it's definitely been a blessing, yeah. for sure. And I, I absolutely, you know, I was... <laughs> I never, it never entered my mind, um, fostering adoption. I'm going to just be quite honest with it. You know, growing up, I, I think even to a large sense in the community that I was in and everything, um, and not just community I was in, but I think large part in the, you know, this whole area, you know, fostering was almost even stigmatized coming up. You know, I didn't see it as anything good. I saw it as a, as a bad thing. I saw it as very negative and, um, especially adoption. I would, you know, I'm use the lingo that everybody else, that people say all the time, people, you know, I, well, let's just have our own kids and then we'll think about it. That was kind of my mindset. And, and until God stepped in and said, Hey, we're going to show you, I'm going to show you something right now. Um, and so that's kind of the, where where you know we came into the, that uh, our story starts kind of right there you know um, as having it together like Deanna said she'd been feeling that way for a long time you know it took me coming you know coming around to it. That kind of reminds me about how you know adoption into Christ's family that was mm-hmm. his first option mm-hmm. right. it was the only option mm-hmm. like right. it wasn't like. Um, you know, that was his plan from the beginning. It wasn't, right. wasn't a second best. No, it was, it that wasn't, was, wasn't that's, what's, second that's what's really cool. Like when we talk to our babes about adoption, we're able to tell them that we've been adopted as well through Christ. Right. And like, they are able to share that story as right. well. They're like, not, you know, like my mom and dad have been adopted too, you know, like, and, um, that God's took us as his son and daughter, you know, like, and he chose that. And so it's, it's been a really, um, big big part in our lives and our children's life for sure um just that their story is so um god's given us four children hopefully by by then five um birth them through adoption and so that's what we tell them like their story is so every child's birth story is so miraculous and um each one is different and so even though they have a different birth story through our family is still just equally Mm -hmm. as you know important and to be proud of it and how God has chosen, um, 
you know, their story to pan out and what he's doing in their life and has done and um, just the influence that he just the influence that um, I guess their life and their testimony is and will be continuing um, as they get older. You know, and I, I think I think Julie that, that too many times people overcomplicate what it is that God's asking them to do. You know, especially when it comes to this this you know when you talk about fostering and adoption, you know there there's some things in 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 God's word that um, He's commanded us to do. You know, there's some things that God calls us to do that we have to prayer through and really, really, which you should pray through everything, but you really have to seek God's calling, what's He calling us to do. But there's a few things in the Word that's, that's very clear. It's in, in letters, you know, He says in James, He says, you know, pure and undefiled religion is this, that, you know, you, that you minister and you take care of the widows and orphans in their times of, of distress. Um, so with that being said, um, I see too many people sit back, and even when they talk to us and everything, they they act like that they can not have any part, or that they're scared of of, of stepping into um, adoption or stepping stepping into fostering. And you know, I was in that same same place, but it's one of those things that God has called us to alleviate that pain. You know, and even if they don't. Um, even if they're not supposed to be or can't for some reason foster or, or adopt, there's reasons that people can't. There's so many, so many ways to, to um, just making yourself aware. If you make yourself aware and you and you really open yourself up to what God's commanded us to do, you're going to want to act on it. You know, so I would just start by telling people, make yourself aware. Um, I even tell people this when they asked about getting involved in fostering adoption. So many times people just talk about things. You know, it's just all talk like, hey, what are we going to do? I tell people instead of talking about it, just go take the classes. You know, when you, um, whether it's through private agencies or whether it's through the social agencies, um, you know, go take the classes just do that and then get the get the education get it and you that's kind of what we we started at and then you know god just starts breaking your heart for for these things and you see just like there's a video floating on facebook right now of this nine-year-old boy um he's he's somewhere ohio i think he think he is and he's he's just wanting home his little brother's already been adopted you know and and he's just wanting home and so many people's pouring out oh bring this kid to me i would do this but you know you've got to step out on faith and, and do the things and not just talk, you know. Yeah. Um, and that's that's when it comes to uh, fostering and adoption. And people gets worried um, that hey, these kids are not going to be ours. How how it's going to be, you know? And yeah, I look at my kids right now. You know, I was looking at them. I had this thought the other day. We we you know getting ready. Now we're in Wyoming, but we're getting ready to move. And I was looking at my kids. Are, we've taken our beds apart. We've totally flipped our house up and down. They're laying on the floor and there. And um, I'm looking at my kids, and there's not an ounce. And this is from an adoption story right here. There's not an ounce of of love that's different than they would be. In any way, I can't even say then they would be if they, I can't even say if they're, they're, they're 100% ours. You know, like you said, Christ has adopted us. You know, he, he reached out. He saw our pain that, that we had stepped away from him through sin. And he stepped in and said, hey, I'm going to send Jesus to die for that. And I'm going to adopt you as sons and daughters. And I'm going to put you at the right hand uh, of the Father. You know, um, that picture lived out. And I see that in my kids. And I see that in, in our kids when they reach out to um because after our after we closed our 
we we've adopted two sets of twins and after we adopted that what second, are the odds of that <laughs> that was a god's that's a god's story that's a god's story <laughs> that's i've a, never heard of anybody actually, actually adopting one set of twins you have two <laughs> seven years ago two days ago this is this is um long story short we had a we had a sweet lady we were in ghana west africa she didn't know anything about us she didn't know anything about us didn't know how we were trying to have babes or nothing and she come up to us and she said for the end of this year you will have twins (laughs) she said say amen (laughs) say amen she made me say it and then she went and found mitch and made him say it yeah and we got home on a thursday night and the next morning they called us that we were matched with our first set of twins and then a year later our second set of twins come into our house and I'm I'm thinking, Lord have mercy. Please tell me I did not say amen a third time. <laughs> but, wow. But but you know, he they but that love, that that this is it's a natural love that um I I can't picture it any it's it's, it's uh, that love of, of a father, that love of a mother. And there's no difference. You yeah. know, and, and people People get so complacent in their comfort, mm-hmm. you know. Um, it's become it, an idol. Yeah, it, it mm-hmm. becomes an idol. And it's, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's uncomfortable times. We've had oh, plenty of uncomfortable times, you know. But what parent don't have uncomfortable times? Yeah, and, and I can say that, you know, confidently, you know, we have two bio kids and one adopted. Mm-hmm. And we forget she's adopted. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's how much we love mm-hmm. her. And, mm-hmm. you know, that God's called us to that kind mm-hmm. of love. And, and you know, when we talk mm-hmm. about the whole sanctification right. process in the family, you know, parents yeah. are being sanctified as much as their children are. Yes. It is a Absolutely. sanctifying experience. Mm-hmm. That's good. You know, and everybody can get involved mm-hmm. in this kind of um, adoption fostering thing mm-hmm. here at Olive. We have an, a foster closet. Yeah. We have diapers and wipes and um, snacks and um, people can make meals. We and have stick been them so in the freezer. blessed by the um, community and the family I, here at Olive. Yeah. Um, cause we do rest, we do respite a lot is what we do. And so we get, um, it's just emergency placement. The child, like when they're taken from the situation, um, they were like a safe house until they find a longer term foster family. And, um, so that closet and the families that have helped have been such a blessing to us. Mm-hmm. Um, just cause you don't know what age child you're going to get or when, and just having that meal or, um, that pair of clothes or diapers or um, and just the love and the prayers that we know that we're receiving from this church has blessed us tremendously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So and then also, you know, there's there's kind of some connections here with, um, you know, child care and, mm-hmm. and different mm-hmm. things. You know, we're mm-hmm. really as a church trying to step into mm-hmm. some of that and support um, you know, the foster families. And, yes. and I, mm-hmm. and I think that they're doing a pretty good job. I agree. Um, it, yeah. it's, it's, that's like, that's a very, very big blessing that the childcare alone, you know, cause mm-hmm. you can, <laughs> and when you, when a person tends, especially on the, on the fostering end tends to have a heart for this, it's just like, you can't say no sometimes, <laughs> you know, sometimes you can get overwhelmed and your house can get crazy when you got five, six, seven, eight, nine, there's some up to like 10 and 12 here well. at all of them. <laughs> it can get over it can get overwhelming and that's one of the things that people that can't directly be in in the foster in an adoption if that's not an option for them you know for whatever reason um that's one thing you can do you you know how big of a blessing it would be for you to go to a foster family and say hey 
let me let me get signed up to to be a caretaker for you and just just give you you and your wife a date night you mm-hmm. know um or just just if you need to go to the store if you need some sanity time you know you need yeah. to go out and um have have a break let me let me do that for you that's a big big thing um big thing that's awesome so what are some of the other ways, you know, besides being a physical witness of what Christ has yeah. done in your life, you know, when you walk in the grocery store, people notice you. I mean, right. um, and so, you know, you are, you know, your family is a walking testimony. Mm-hmm. Um, so what are some of the ways that you have seen God reveal himself in and through some of your adoption journeys? How have you seen him kind of come through and show himself? Man, um, many, multiple, multiple times. Um that's probably the whole thing is a God's story. It, um, I think that's probably if you could find peace and foster, fostering and knowing that if God wants a child to be yours, it's gonna he's gonna he or she is gonna be yours, and um, like there's you don't have to worry about the ifs, what you know, buts, but um, just the peace that He brings with that. Um, I think also having in your head uh, the t- I guess you're gonna be accounted for what you. Um, say to the other side of the family before they become yours um, and that he's also put you in the life for that time to you know shine for him in their lives um just i yeah you know we, we've seen god reveal himself you know um just in we we had a couple times that when we were first uh, in in the adoption process of our first kids i know god spoke to Spoke, spoke. Um, sorry, about that. <laughs> uh, God spoke directly through our kids many times. Oh, wow. it, it was um, mm-hmm. there was one night. It was just we were almost in tears putting mm-hmm. them to bed one night. Um, and I can't even remember the exact words, Dan. I can maybe remember it, but it was it was our, one of our kids just said something. Yeah, we she was praying for like purple unicorns and stuff like that at night. And like that specific night, she stopped and she said, I'm praying that God's protecting us and he wants you to know that. And like, it was so just oh, a God thing. Yeah, and at four God years thing. old, that's God speaking and that and, we're going to be okay. And, and and it's it's amazing. And God's used our kids as, as ministers. Mm-hmm. You know, as she mentioned, we do foster, uh, respite care a lot. And some of our first few respite cares, it was kind of like a trial and error thing. It's like, I was, and that was another thing. I was against it. I was like, we have our, our houses full, our <laughs> plates full. We've done enough, you know. And so I was very against it. And then, then God steps in. And one of our first... Um, first placements as respite care um we were actually at the pool swimming and we get this call and so they bring this little girl to our house and she was you could tell she had had a rough it was it was rough her her hair looked like you'd suck it in a light socket it was everywhere she was wild it was just almost like you're looking for this kid just to blow and melt down anytime and she we put her in a vehicle and she was all i'm doing my body language and nobody can see that but we put her in the vehicle and it's just like she was up against the side of the vehicle and we took her home to our house and we didn't have to say or do anything with this little girl our girls within five minutes had taken this little girl to the back of the house and transformed her into this princess they had her dressed up in princess and i could still see that girl smile as she had a tiara and a a, you know a cheap little walmart princess dress on just the smile and the comfort that that it brings you know so that's a thing too you know if you're out there and you want to foster and adopt and you're worried about quote unquote your kids um 
adjusting to this, what a better gift you can give your kids than than to do this because you're you're putting them in the ministry and you're going to give them a different respect mm-hmm. on life, and and you should not you should not let it be any different. You know, you you asked us um, before this start about life hacks and stuff of, of foster and adoption. That that's was my one, next question. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, but that's that's one of those things um, that I could give to, to parents is thinking about foster and adoption or parents that are foster and adoption. Quit making your life different. Let your life be what it is. It, it's your life. And, and if that's something that you commit to, don't make those kids different. You know, and um, don't don't make your kids different. Don't make your kids look at those kids mm-hmm. different. You you treat those kids the same way, and it's hard sometimes. I'm not as good at it as my wife is. <laughs> you know, I fail at this miserably. But 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 if you set your kids up like they're on a pedestal and they're different than those kids, you you're doing your kids an injustice, mm-hmm. and you're making them spoiled brats. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I shouldn't say that. That's probably. But you but you do. Yeah. That's good. You, you you spoil your you spoil your kids by um by making them different than because we're all created equal mm-hmm. you know and your your kids are you know no different than the kids that you're bringing in and ministering to yeah. um so i'll i my soapbox <laughs> that's good so um so let's continue in that vein with life hacks yeah. tips tricks advice i mean yeah. that was that was really good but do you guys have any like um they just for love people it. who are who people Sorry. who are considering fostering or adopting like those folks that we're talking about that are scared um do you have any advice or you know i think you know it's funny like i think probably when we're fostering and adopt through the adoption process like that's the closest that you have to you need to lean on god and like just truly trust in him because you you don't have control um you have to realize you don't have control you have to um you become a lot less judgmental as far as like um judging family scenarios because um and then i i am i don't know you got what do you yeah um just be open yeah yeah you know here's a here's a here's a few things um you know and, and some people do a lot better job at this but you know when you when you bring all this in and you know and you you know, especially if you get into the multiple kids, you know, sometimes life may not go the way you want it. Sometimes your house may not be, or all the time, your house may not be as clean as what you want it to be. Mm-hmm. Your vehicle may not be as clean as what <laughs> yeah. you want it to be. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's and it's okay. You have to you have to get over yourself a lot. If that's one thing that that being in foster and adoption has taught me, get over yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, that's what I was, I was talking about earlier in, in, a, in a different segment with somebody. Um, you know, I asked God, you know, last night for the easy button. And, and he said, the easy button is my son went to the cross and, and, and died and gave you an easy button. And he's told us to cast all of our cares on him because um, he cares for us. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you approach the foster and adoption um, with any other mindset and you try to do it all on your own and you try to be your own person. And if you approach it and try to keep all the same schedules that you've always had, it's not going to work out. And it's the same way if, if you, if you birth 10 kids, you know, right. it's your, yourself as your schedule is not going to be the same. Yeah. You know, it's life is different. 
um, embrace that difference and, and cast your cares on the Lord. That's all you, all you can do. And I think loving unconditionally. I think a lot of people's worries are the baggage that children will bring. Um, I try to, when people say that, I try to tell them like, um, I try to tell them that he, or, you know, like even kids that are birthed through you, like you don't know what's going to happen to their future and their baggage. Like you, you just, like I was saying, like just truly trusting God and, um, just showing them the love, even through all their baggage, like allow them to release that baggage and just be the kids that, um, cause a lot of the kids have not been able to just ha- live a child free, like, um, a child life and, um, you know, be be a child and have all the fun memories that a lot of kids, you know, normally would. So just getting to like relive their childhood with them. And, um, it's crazy the walls that we see fall down as the longer you're with a child and just showing them that stability and love. And, um, and that's another God thing. You definitely start, you know, just thanking God for what you get to witness Mm -hmm. in those children's lives. So what would y'all have done differently starting out on this whole journey? What, what do you think that you, what did you learn that you're like, Ooh, that wasn't great, but you know, you learned it the next time around. Um, you, you know, it's, it's always, you always learn something every, I think cause the children, every child is our, every child is so different. Uh-huh. Like you, I feel like you probably learn something every single time. So I could take probably a scenario from each case that maybe we should have done different. Um, mm-hmm. I think you know, just being more confident with our calling. Right. If you, like when you're telling your family, when you know God's called you to do this, just, you know, telling your family, friends, and being confident in that calling. And it, um, just knowing that, you know, that God's not speaking to everybody else like he's speaking to you. So when they come back at you with negative things or, you know, not as encouraging that you just got to let that go and hear what God's telling you. And um, I would say, you know, like um, in the long run that most of the ones that, you know, were negative or discouraging and people people still think we're crazy every time we like, <laughs> we, we don't even tell them all the time now. Like we just show up with three or four, you know, like a few more kids. <laughs> but yeah, but, Just, you know, and I would say even looking back, I'm one of those type of people, you know, you, you like to think that you could sit down and say you do a bunch of things different. But um, but I heard it once put this way that the, the best plan A's come from not having a plan B. And if we set our plan A to be in what God's told you to do and, and, you, and you be about doing it, um, then, then those things, then what you learn in the midst of it, all goes to the glory of the Lord. Amen. You know, um, so just to approach life and live it each day. Um, you know, if I could, the only thing that I would change um, going back is I would lean on the Lord more. Because mm. um, mm. there was times I let I let stress and anxiety and all that stuff overtake me, especially our second time around because it was it was it was wild. Um, you know, I wish going back on that that I would have sit sit still and let the Lord take a lot of the the stuff away Mm. that was that was bringing me down that's good that's good so um let's close with this last question what surprised you most about adoption and fostering what was what did what did god delight you with (laughs) well the first the first the first two kids it was we started out like 
you know, you said delight, and then we talk about the surprise on the next two. Uh, the delight, man, it was perfect. We had the perfect little bedroom set up. Everything matched. They had these perfect little <laughs> clothes that matched and everything, you know, and we would get out as a happy little family and everything was perfect. And they, our, our, set, our first set, they, set of twins that they had a, had a little bedtime, you know, they had, they woke up quietly. Then the second two come in and it was a surprise and um all of a sudden there was no structure at all in the house and yeah so that was the that could go on for days yeah <laughs> <laughs> i and i think you know as far as surprise just like i probably would have never imagined our lives being um open to the children that we've have lived in our house and um just I don't, it's, as far as surprise, like as, if you're talking about fostering, like with the respite, we probably an average of five calls a week that they need is that they need family just to take in a child. Um, so I think that's probably the surprise. And then the delight of it is how much that our children, kind of what he said earlier, are part of the mission field and that they, when they come to us so scared, just seeing the happiness that um, our children can bring out of them and that they do become that child again and get to not worry about, you know, their scenario for a little while, like wellness, you know, for at least for a few, you know, hours, just get to be that child. Um, and then the delight that it brings our heart, um, just knowing that they're safe and getting to show them, um, love and affirmation of, you know, like who God has made them and, um, just speak truth. It's been a beautiful thing being able to speak truths over, um, each of the children that come in, Olive um, has started, they give us Bibles that we're able to give the children. And re- and it's so special that they, they love having something that is their own. We put their handprints on our wall, have a special spot that each of them has a handprint over our wall. And that's our prayer thing. So just making them feel self, you know, worthy. And um, I think that's been the delight of all of it. Just, um, and the surprise, I guess, having so many children, right? <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming in and talking with me about this. Uh, It's just, you guys bless me. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Very cool. Thank you guys so much for just everything you do. Like, you guys are amazing. Like, and Julie, thank you for like doing so much with fostering and adoption here at Olive. Uh, I know you just came on board uh, recently, but even now, like stuff you're doing is really cool. So, and thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, we're going to link down the show notes if you're interested in uh, becoming part of a fostering or adoption uh, ministry, uh, or maybe even doing that with your with your own family. Um, please hit that link and, and contact us, and we'll see you for the next conversation at Olive.